Welcome back to the Bullen Bay Area Sports Podcast. I'm Jake. Today, we have a special guest coming on the show to discuss the NFC East playoff race. But in addition to that, we will be looking ahead at the Niners matchup this week against the Rams, a Warriors lineup preview, and when Charlie joins us, we will be looking at the NFC East and the playoff race. And we'll dive into a little bit of fantasy football. You know, it's something that our listeners wanted to cover, and so we'll be getting into it a little bit. Um, so, yeah, let's just get started. So, this week, the Niners will be facing the Los Angeles Rams. It's the first time we'll be able to see the SoFi Stadium. Um, you may have seen it previously when other teams have played against the 49ers or against the Los Angeles Rams, excuse me. However, this is the first time if Niners fans haven't seen any other teams play, um, you will be able to see it firsthand against the Rams this Sunday at 105. Rams are looking very good. They dismantled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this previous weekend. And, I mean, it was kind of a close game score-wise, but... For those who watch the game, they know that this game was just not close at any point in time. And I think that the Rams are looking really good when they play the great teams in the NFL. Although last time the Niners played the Rams, they the Niners made the Rams look silly. However, the Niners will be without George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo as they were the huge, they, they connected on a huge fourth down in that game, which kind of changed the momentum in that game. Um, against the Rams this weekend, the Niners hope to have back Debo Samuel, Eric Armstead, and Tevin Coleman, who have been limited in practice this week. Um, you also have Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Richard Sherman, whose practice windows have opened and are able to hopefully come back from IR healthy. Um, Sherman hasn't played since week one this year, and I think with Sherman, what we might start to see is him gradually starting to shift towards a safety position like Merton Hanks and like Rod Woodson, former Niners who made this shift from cornerback to safety as their careers um, evolved, and they they didn't have the legs to keep up at cornerback. And I think, especially with Sherman, who suffered a calf injury week one, I think this could be a very easy Transition for him as he's very well-versed in cover three zone, which is what the Niners tend to run. Um, and even the man that the Niners have been running this year, Sherman would able to, play, would able to be playing that cover two drop over the top. Um, and I think he would do a great job because he's a ball hawk. He loves to have his eyes on the quarterback at all times. Um, and I think he can make some fantastic reads at the safety position. This would um, put some stress on Joukowsky's tarts availability for next season. Um, Chikowski's season is over this year due to turf toe. Um, and I think if Sherman comes in and plays safety position well, I'm, I don't know if the Niners are planning on doing that, but I think it's a very logical sequence in Sherman's career at this point. And I think if he plays well in this safety position, that you could see the Niners letting Chikowski Tart walk this season as he will be a free agent this offseason. Um, and if Sherman is able to come in and fill this void at strong safety, you also have Tarverius Moore, who has played fantastic in the absence of Jimmy Ward and 
Koski tired, but you saw in the Saints game Jimmy Ward playing a lot in the box um, and typically playing Joukowsky Tart's role. And I think that it might be an indicator that Joukowsky Tart's time, while it has been very good with the Niners, might be coming to an end um, if Sherman is able to play very well at the safety position, which I think given his current um, health, it's not a bad health, but he's getting older in the league. He's not as fast as he once was. Um, I think he is a tremendous brain um, and one of the smartest football players to ever play the game. I think transitioning to safety would be pretty seamless for him. Um, this would allow for the Niners to draft a cornerback in this upcoming draft. Um, last year, you saw a team like the Falcons draft in the similar range that people expect the Niners to draft, which is in the 10 to 18 mark, and take AJ Terrell, who has been playing phenomenal this season. <clears throat> if the Niners are able to get Terrell, maybe pair him with either Verrett or Mosley, whoever they choose to stick with. Um, Verrett has played very well this season, but he's definitely older than Mosley. Both are on expiring contracts this year, so they will need to make a decision regardless um, of what the secondary will be looking like next season. As this was kind of a gap year for the 49ers, similar to what it was for the Warriors this past season. Um but you're getting Mostert back, hopefully, who had a pretty great game against the Rams. He didn't put up the numbers, but he was playing way more physical than I think I've ever seen Raheem Mostert play. I mean, he was stiff-arming guys. He was chucking dudes. He was lowering his shoulders into um, the Rams, fighting for more yards. And Mostert, who isn't typically known as being a physical back, was playing like a physical halfback. And I think that that could really translate well for him. Um and I think that he could really turn into a great running back in the NFL. I mean, he already is, but I think if he can stay healthy, <clears throat> I think many people regard him as a top 10 running back in this league. If he was able to continue that play um, from prior to his injuries and setbacks. Um, also this week, Jordan Reed, Dre Greenlaw, and Aziz uh, Al-Shahir were out of practice this week due to illness. The Niners hope to get them back. Still... No news regarding D. Ford and his back injury. He has been out since, I believe, the start of the year. I don't think he played at all week one. Um, and so I think that D. Ford will play his final game as a Niner this year. But I don't know if he'll even get on the field this year. Um, but hopefully what you'll be able to see with the Niners this week is an offense that is closer to full strength. You're going to have Ayuk back. You're going to have Debo, Mostert, hopefully Jeff Wilson, hopefully Tevin Coleman. Um, and these are all guys who have been playing very well this year, even with poor quarterback play, um, and have been able to do it on their own, which I think is very encouraging for Niners fans. Um, and I think that it's a, shot, it's a sign that John Lynch knows what he's doing when he's drafting um, or picking up players in the case of Mostert. And I think... Shanahan and him are a great, great partnership, but I think the Niners really need to invest in a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Um, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer. Nick Mullins is definitely not the answer. Um, but I think when it comes to this game against the Rams, they've been playing very well. They've gotten very good, surprising cornerback play out of Darius Williams, opposite of Jalen Ramsey, and that secondary is really playing well. Jalen Ramsey is playing as good as he has. Aaron Donald is playing as good as he has. Um, 
And you have guys on that D-line for the Rams stepping up, like Michael Brockards and Leonard Floyd, who have all who have both um, turned in pretty quality seasons despite being older in age and people not expecting it as much. Um, and when it comes to this game, I think that the Rams are going to pull out the win. My score prediction is 31-21. to 21. I think Mostert, Debo, and Ayuk all have touchdowns. Uh, but that being said, I just... I don't think Nick Mullins will be able to keep the Niners in this game. I think they'll be able to get a few touchdowns, but overall, I don't think they'll be able to last with the Rams. The Rams offense has been playing really well, but you never know what can happen. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be a very interesting thing to watch. Um, the rest of the NFC West, uh, the way that it's piling up, it's going to be a great great race between the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Currently, the Rams are sitting number one um, in the division, followed by the Seahawks and the Cardinals and then the Niners um, in fourth. And I think if you're a Niners fan, I know it really sucks, but you've got to be hoping for losses at that point because you're not going to make the playoffs and you're not going to get full strength back until really next year because the Niners, their their success last year, yes, their offense was great. Debo was great. Kittle was great. Mostert was great in the playoffs. But their success was their pass rush, and they've really missed that. I mean, Kinlaw had a great game against the Saints, logging his first NFL sack, and I think he's just going to break through um, fairly soon. I think <clears throat> this game could be especially good for the pass rush because Andrew Whitworth will be out for the Rams again. Um, so I think you could see Kerry Hyder logging another one or two sacks, but overall, I just, I don't know. I feel like the Rams are playing very well right now. Um, and it's going to be tough for the Niners. You, if you really want a Niners to get a quarterback, you got to have them lose as many games as possible. Cause there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL and for the Niners to be able to get a pick that's allows them to really get a quarterback like Zach Wilson, or another one of these guys, they need a low draft pick. I mean, you look at the NFC East. The number one seed in the NFC East is the Washington football team, and now we will be calling in our guest on the show today, Charlie Berman. Let me dial him in. But the NFC East is looking like a very interesting division to watch, number one team. Welcome, Charlie, to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, how was your Thanksgiving, Charlie? Good? Family good? It was uh, It was really good. We're up in Tahoe, so we, uh, oh, nice. we skied for a little while, came back, and then had a traditional meal. Would have liked to see a Trace McSorley-led Ravens team take on the Steelers. but That would have been great, coming from a Penn State fan, but, you know... The NFL wants the Niners to play with the JV squad, but the Ravens can't play with um, just a few players out. So it was just a few players out. Just a I, few I, players out. I, I disagree with that. Yeah. Our entire offense is gone. Yeah. But we are here to talk about the NFC East, or as some call it, the NFC Least, um, with the number one team being the Washington football team at four and seven, taking down the Cowboys yesterday on Thanksgiving. Um, it wasn't a great game for you because my fantasy team uh, popped off with Antonio Gibson, three touchdowns, and they're, the Washington defense completely dismantling Andy Dalton. 
Yeah, um, for listeners of the show, just so they know, uh, you were in the cellar as of three weeks ago. Yes. But now, for some reason, you have scored 300 points in like four straight weeks, which is ridiculous. Yes, my team, we were, we were in a shallow place, um, and we have come back, stormed back, and I think it's going to be a good playoff run with Mostert coming back. Um, but yes, so Charlie, you are an avid Eagles fan. Um, and how do you think their playoffs, playoff hopes shape up for the rest of the season at 3-6-1? and one? So I'm one of the Eagles fans who really don't think they should make the playoffs because there's a lot of things that need to, one, go right for them to make the playoffs, and two, a lot of things that need to get done that probably will not get done should they make the playoffs. Um, things like a shakeup in the front uh, front office. I really don't think that Howie should have as much power, if not no power. Um, and I also think that we need a higher draft pick than the 21st pick, which is what we've had almost every single year since the Super Bowl year. So Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the Niners will be competing with you for that low draft pick, as I think many Niners fans are trying to angle for taking Zach Wilson uh, pretty early in the first round. Um, it's something that I would welcome a lot. Zach Wilson is playing very well this year for BYU. Um, what what draft needs do you think the Eagles need to solve this year? Well, to me, I think there's a lot of things that need to probably get addressed. I think linebacker with Micah Parsons. Uh, available would be the ultimate uh, win for the Eagles and for me, selfishly. Um, I think a lot of people are saying we might need to uh, take a look at quarterback, but I think that's ridiculous just based on the fact that we have, we have in some people's eyes, what could have been one of a, a top five quarterback in another lifetime. And we also drafted a quarterback in the second round last year. So uh, there's a lot of needs. I think linebackers at the top. I think safety is another one. We could use another offensive lineman if there's one available. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's a need to be solved at wide receiver? Or do you think Fulcam and Rager and our Sega Whiteside will be able to do the job? Um, well, I think that uh, we've learned that I don't trust the Eagles to do anything when there's a little bit of ambiguity. Mm -hmm. um, when there was ambiguity between drafting Rager and drafting Jefferson, they drafted Rager, and you see what Jefferson's doing now. Yeah. Um, when there was ambiguity as to what we should do with the second-round pick, we drafted two in two straight drafts, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf and... Uh, Jalen Hurts over 13 players who are currently starting in the NFL. Yeah. So um, I don't really trust the Eagles to do anything to address anything that they don't legitimately need. Yeah. So not not wide receiver. I, I hope. Yeah, that, it's a it's a tricky situation, but I mean the NFC East is wide open. You could very well have the Eagles run the rest of their games and get the NFC East title, but you got to be looking at that, and it's just like, um, as I, I don't know what it would be like as an Eagles fan, but it's like the consummate team that just barely makes the playoff every year but never can improve because of the lack of draft picks, uh, whatever you want to call it. But I do agree that in another lifetime, Carson Wentz is a very good quarterback. 
Um, we saw him a few years ago in the MVP discussion before, I believe, tearing his ACL and then having uh, Nick Foles come in and win that Super Bowl. But yeah, you gotta be, you gotta hope that uh, Carson Wentz is able to return to that status at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, I, I've never been a fan of getting off the Wentz wagon. Um, I've always been a fan of Carson Wentz since we drafted him. He can do some really spectacular things. And I think that we've seen this year amid the horrible uh, decision-making, we've seen we've seen him make some pretty incredible throws and have some pretty incredible drives. We just need to kind of maximize what he can do. And right now we're not with the play-calling structure that we have implemented Currently, it's a story of gaining, probably on our, on our first stack of downs, we gain the line to gain, and then after that, stagnant, and then punt or interception or take a sack for a fumble. It's just not an inventive play calling by Doug Peterson and our offensive kind of staff. I might not be in favor of firing Doug Peterson, but if Eric Bieniemy is out there, then yeah, replacing a former Kansas City offensive uh, coordinator with another wouldn't be bad in my book. Yeah, that Kansas City offense has been hubbing for a while now. Whether it was Alex Smith yeah. or Patrick Mahomes, they've always been able to produce. Um, when you look at this NFC East, who do you see coming out of it uh, with the division title? Because I don't think any team will make the wild card. So it's one team that makes the playoffs and that's it. Yeah, so I think it will probably, just because the, Reds, the Washington football team has the tiebreaker, it will be the Eagles or the uh, or the Washington uh, football team. I think it will probably be the team just because the Eagles have an absolute struggle of schedule coming up. Uh, we're halfway through it, but we're not all the way through it. We still got a couple more games to go. We got to play the Saints and the Seahawks, which... As of a couple of weeks ago, I was worried about the Seahawks more than the Saints, and that's kind of flipped on its head. Yes. But um, yeah, right now we have a lot to we have a lot to look for in the short term, and honestly, the red, the football team probably controls their destiny. So, Chris, as a uh, as a first time guest on the pod, I'd like to ask you a couple questions as a yep. college football fan. You are not a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo as a no. starting quarterback of your team. Uh, I'd like to ask you about some different QBs uh, that are coming out this year, whether you would take them or you would take Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. All right? Yep. We'll start with the obvious, Trevor Lawrence. You know, Trevor Lawrence has been very good uh, his entire college career. Um the only thing, if we had the opportunity to take him, I think the Niners would take him in a heartbeat. He's athletic. He's got a great arm. Um, but the other thing that you have to look at with Trevor Lawrence is, is he a product of the system? And Clemson played very well before him with Deshaun Watson. Um, and they played very well with him. And they nearly, I think they nearly put out a win against Notre Dame with their backup QB, if I'm wrong. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I think he's very talented. Um, I don't think the Niners will have the opportunity to take him, but if they do, I could definitely see them taking him. Interesting takes there. Um, I will say that DJ Ukulele or whatever Ukulele is a uh, is a five star St. John's Bosco. Yeah, no, uh, he's product. no slouch, but he, he he's an incredible QB, and as a Penn State fan who has been absolutely 
a cube play. Uh, I would love to have either. Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I think, is the dream target for the Niners. I mean, he's got it all. He's got the mobility. He's got the arm. Um, he did have a pretty poor game against Indiana, throwing three picks, I believe. But I doesn't think I don't think that deters from his talent. Um, I've talked with a few of my friends who are Niners fans, and it's the consensus that if we have if we could take any QB off the board, it would be Justin Fields. Um, I think he's got a lot of promise. Interesting, Trey Lance. Now the thing with Trey Lance is I think he's great, but the only problem is it's kind of the question mark of uh, what he has been doing. I think it's kind of similar to the Warriors draft process with James Wiseman. Um, he only played three games this past year, and um, albeit those games were great, but the same thing with Trey Lance where his, his sample size of late has been pretty meager. I mean, last year he played phenomenal, zero interceptions um, and a ton of touchdowns. So I think – He's a great player, but I don't. I don't think the Niners are going to take someone that they just haven't seen enough of lately to see how his game has progressed or regressed. Um, as you can see with Jimmy G, he put in a pretty solid season last year, and I don't think many people would have question marks about is he the franchise quarterback. But he regressed so much from last year to this year; it's it's, it's frightening. So I, I don't know. It, it's it's a toss up between those two. Interesting. And then obviously you talked about Zach Wilson from BYU. So uh, three more who I'm interested to hear. Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and Sam Howell. Out of those three, if you had to pick one to replace Jimmy G, who would you pick? I'd probably do Kyle Trask. He's been playing very well this year. Um, and I think that he would fit in well with our system. Um, I haven't seen much of uh, many of them. I've mainly been watching Zach Wilson. Um, but I, I've heard great things about Kyle Trask, and I think that he would be a good fit for us as well. Very interesting. I will say that Sam Howell right now, coming from North Carolina, is putting up 50 points a game. He's suffering from uh, what Banner Society's Stephen Godfrey terms uh, the Mahomes effect, where his team puts up 50 points, but no one cares because their defense gets 60 yeah. So, something he has to kind of compete with. Uh, I've been very impressed with Sam. Well, he's probably my sleeper if I was to pick one. Yeah. Well, I, I'm definitely as the season nears to its end. I'm definitely going to be very invested in the draft process and looking at all the different options um, that the Niners will have for sure. Okay. Well. Thank you for having me on, Goose. Yes, it's been a pleasure, Charlie. Um, we look to have you on sometime soon, maybe for a roundtable with other other fans of their teams and the NFL. So thank you. Um, have a safe end of your okay. holiday. Um, and I'll, I'll hopefully see you soon. That was... Charlie Berman, um, and it was, it was nice to be able to have someone else on the podcast, um, being able to talk, have a dialogue about the NFC East, the Eagles, as well as the um, soon draft process, which is nearing its head pretty soon as the NFL season is nearing its close. And with the Niners probably not making the playoffs, the draft will be a lot 
on the minds of Niners fans going forward. And now we switch topics to the Warriors. Um, and recently, I discussed it a little bit in the previous episode, but they recently picked up Kelly Oubre in a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder, drafted James Wiseman, and we signed Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker um, to be nice bench additions to the Warriors as well. When you look at this starting lineup, I know a lot of people are very sad that Clay is going to be out again, but with what we have of Steph at the one, Wiggins at the two, Oubre and Draymond at the three and four, and then Wiseman at the five, I think it's a lineup that can very well compete with the, with the rest of the West. Um, I think it's a very athletic lineup that can get into space and run. Um, one of the very uh, one of the very positive skills out of James Wiseman um, was his ability to run the fast break and be able to come down the floor as a rim running center. Um, it's just one of his many attributes, um, but I think that it's a lineup that will be very fast in space and we will probably be the best team in transition in 2021. Um, how this lineup stacks up against the rest rest of the West, I think it's a lineup that's very athletic, as I've said, but I think it's also a lineup that is very can be very good defensively. I think what you saw out of Wiggins in the end of the year is that he was buying into the Warriors mentality of playing defense. Um, and I think that if he is able to continue what we saw, um, at the end of the 2020 season, um, is a Wiggins that is motivated, um, a Wiggins that is in the right system. I mean, Minnesota is a trash heap of a franchise and for Wiggins to be stuck there. I know people want to question his love of the game, but when you're playing, for an organization like that, I think it's very difficult to really find, again, your love for the game. And Wiggins out of high school was a very highly touted prospect, just like James Wiseman was. And I think with the right system, with the right culture, Wiggins will be a great fit for the Warriors. Um, I think one of him or Oubre will be an all-star this year. I will put money on one of those two being an all-star this year. I think they're going to fit in great together. Um, I think they're going to play very well alongside each other. Um, but the length that the Warriors now have, I mean, Wiggins, I think he has a seven-foot wingspan. Uber has a seven-three wingspan. Draymond is always active on the defensive end, and Wiseman is very long. Um, I think it's a very great defensive team that the Warriors have put together um, in spite of losing Clay. And Clay is a very good defender, and you obviously lose him, but Ubre has built his career off of his defense. And only this last year, he really started to explode offensively, putting in 19 points a game. Albeit he wasn't the most efficient scorer, but the Warriors have been known to make people very efficient, getting them wide open shots. And that is the Steph effect that he just is able to garner so much attention on the offensive end and make others around him open and allow them to succeed. Um, But when you look at the other teams in the West, you have the Lakers, with LeBron, Gasol, Harrell, LeBron, um, Anthony Davis, and you hear this theme of just being big, and I think they have they will have a great season, but I think the Warriors will be able to compete with that type of team. When you look at the Rockets, they are just imploding on themselves. The Nuggets had a great run in the playoffs last year, but they lost Jerry and Grant and Miles Plumley, who were critical to that team and their depth and their length. Um 
You look at other teams, the Mavericks, they made a move to get Josh Richardson. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be very solid, but I don't think they're going to be quite as good as people want them or will want to see them be. Um, I think there's questions about their front court depth behind um, Porzingis, um, but we'll see. The Trailblazers get Robert Covington and lose Hassan Whiteside and become instant title contenders. I disagree with a lot of the media who say that. Um, I think the Blazers are a team that are very good, but the Warriors always have their number. Steph Curry is in the playoffs, is 10-0 against Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is a fantastic player and one of my favorite players to watch, but there's something about that Warriors team that just dismantles the Blazers whenever they play. Other teams you got to look at, the Suns, who have been revamped this year um, with Chris Paul, and they lost Kelly Oubre, who was a great culture guy, but you never know what Chris Paul can bring you. He put in a near-perfect season last year with OKC, and I think he's still got a few miles left in the tank, but we will see what they look like. Um, They drafted a new power forward, Jalen Smith, out of Maryland, I believe. Um, which just adds to the length of, in the front court of of um, DeAndre Ayton now. Um, and I think that they, they can be definitely a competitive team in the West. The Clippers seem to be imploding as well. They're trying to trade Lou Williams as I've latest heard, as the latest I've heard. They lost Montrezl Harrell because they didn't even offer him a contract. Um, I, I think there are a lot of questions right now surrounding the Clippers and how good of a leader Kawhi Leonard can be. Um, I, I I don't know what the Clippers are going to look like. Um, yes, they have some pieces that are still there, but it'll be interesting to see what they can do with Pandemic P and Kawhi. Um, the Utah Jazz, there will be another solid team coming out of the West. Uh, and then you have the Pelicans. Um, they get Stevie Adams. They lose Drew Holiday, but they get back Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. They also um, drafted Kira Lewis, I believe, out of Alabama. Um, And I think that's a team that it's going to be very difficult to score in the post against them. I mean, they can have Stevie Adams and Zion um, for guards who have to go up against them. Um, It's going to suck because you're going to get screened on by Zion and Steven Adams for a full game. And I think it's going to be a pretty scary front court. Um, I think they'll go as far as they can, but I I just don't know what they can really bring um, offensively. Zion is fantastic, but, you know, they need, they need, they need Lonzo or they need Eric Bledsoe to really step up and take control as a point guard. Um, Brandon Ingram is going to have another great season. Um, I think you could see a very big step in Jackson Hayes' career. Um, he's a very athletic big man out of Texas. Going to be his second season. So I think the Pelicans are going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I think there are a lot of question marks surrounding the Clippers and the Rockets. But it's going to be a very competitive Western Conference. But I do think the coaching and the culture of the Warriors will be able to have them lift out of that conference and possibly – win that conference over the Lakers. I think it's going to be a Warriors-Lakers conference finals, no matter how you look at it. Um, But it's going to be a great season. That'll wrap it up for this. 
this episode of Bull and Barrier Sports. We will catch you next week after the Niners-Rams game. Um, and we are officially less than a month away from the NBA season. I think the next episode will come in December, December 1st. And we will be in the month that the NBA starts. And it's going to be a very exciting time. And we will switch our focus to the Warriors as the Niners season is coming to a close. And the Warriors season is just beginning. So thanks again to our special guest, Charlie Berman, for taking his time on this Black Friday Um, But we will catch you next time. This is Jake signing off. See you. See you later.